This is The Waycast is a podcast where we recap every Star Wars episode as it's released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert, and you have been warned. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of This is The Waycast, the Bad Batch edition. I'm Sarah Edwards, the resident Star Wars writer at Boardwalk Times. And I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist and podcaster at Boardwalk Times. So we took a break last week, so today we're going to recap and explain the last three episodes, Clone Conspiracy, Truth and Consequences, and The Crossing. So all three of these episodes were really powerful. We had two incredibly great story-driven, plot-driven episodes. And the crossing was like fillery, but there was character development. It was so cute. Yeah. Plus, I really enjoyed that it ended in a spot where it didn't feel like a a story that had a beginning and an ending that was kind of just forgettable. Instead, it leaves the batch in a very specific dangerous situation. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's start with the clone conspiracy. We're finally getting into what's happening with the clones. What's going to happen? What's going on? What's the government doing? And we had a lovely cameo from one of my favorite senators senator chuchi she's one of my favorites i got spoiled on her being in it from the the dumb thumbnail for the episode so when i went to watch it i wanted to be surprised and then immediately i was like oh but but she's in it like from the beginning and i knew i knew i was like wait a minute as soon as i started watching i was like oh sarah's gonna love this i didn't want to spoil it or anything whenever i was (laughs) reacting to it with you guys but yeah yeah it was awesome to get to see her again and it was such a pivotal uh, role in this little uh, arc that she has. Yeah. I feel like every episode that she's been a part of, she's always had some like really clear purpose. She's never a character that needs anything else to uplift her. I feel like she's able to carry her own storylines. And I think that's what I love most about her. Like, it's so funny. So I was in a big fan fiction phase during the pandemic. And I had read one where Senator Chuchi was trying to help with clones rights. So it was really like surreal to see it happen on screen i was sitting there like oh my god <laughs> bro do the bad batch writers read fan fiction confirm <laughs> uh it wasn't a bad it wasn't even a bad batch era fan fiction which was interesting it was just like throughout the clone wars so that part was really different but it was so good so to watch senator chuchi fight for clone rights and try to get to the get get to the bottom of what's going on in the government. I mean, it was so surreal. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is so cool. It almost felt like she was the stand-in for Padme in this case. Yeah. Like, if Padme had still been alive during this era, she would have been the senator doing this. So it almost feels like Chuchi and other Padme friends, like Padme-adjacent characters, feel this, uh, this need to fill the hole left by her absence, in a way. No, absolutely. But I really like that it was someone else fighting for clone rights i think it just kind of set up the story better i i because padme was trying to work with clones rights as well in the clone wars and i think if if padme had lived and she was the main character of the bad batch i feel like it would have been like oh here we go again like it's gonna exactly fail. whereas with chuchi i feel like there's hope yeah exactly that's that's a really good way to put it plus it's more interesting because we only got to see chuchi a select amount of times in clone wars mm-hmm. and every time we did get to see her it was something pretty important especially to her so i like that we get this where instead of it being about her people she's trying to help someone else so i thought that was really nice this is only her third time ever showing up as a main character in an episode right that i can recall um 
I, in my rewatch, have not seen her again. The last time was the whole uh, sequence of events where Ahsoka is trying to help uh, the the Pantorans find the daughters of the, the Prime Minister. That mm-hmm. I do remember. Uh, but that was like the last time I saw her. I don't know if she appears again. But yeah, this may be so. like the third-ish. Like, it's hard to say. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think she only shows up twice in Clone Wars, making this her third appearance. She's a very, very rare character. So it's really cool that she was not forgotten. I guess, I guess, which makes sense. Like they couldn't use Bale as a leading senator for this movement, and there's not really any other senator that's alive that really could take this mission, so to speak. So it makes sense that it's her. You know, it's funny you mentioned Bale. There was one detail that that kind of bothered me a little bit about him. So uh, I don't know if this is true of the Clone Wars, but you could tell that he was voiced by someone different. Um, so I was like, wait a minute who was voicing him and I looked and it was Phil Lamar and Phil Lamar like he's done a bunch of voices and he was in Clone Wars for like a majority of its run um so that's cool but I noticed he put on like a fake Hispanic-esque accent which was Uh. bothering me a little bit because I was like that just sounds so goofy because Bale never really had that before so I was like I guess he's just trying to hide the fact that it's Phil Lamar and he's like uh I don't want to sound maybe yeah but still that that slightly like put me off I was like, yeah, this isn't Bale at all, clearly. So that was weird. But <laughs> that's the only <laughs> thing I have to say about um, Bale otherwise, because it's like you were saying, I think this is more of a Chuchi mission. He's too busy building his own uh, rebellion alongside Mon Mothma. So, oh, yeah. For and sure. quick mention before I forget, there is a Rogue One character in this. Uh, I I knew I'd recognized her and I was like, where, where have I seen you before? It's the senator with the long white robe and she has a hood going over her head it's also white oh she was she was in rogue one um but she was like she has like one line during that scene where they're all arguing and then Jin comes in and says Ooh. so yeah, yeah i recognize her now yeah i was like oh it's you <laughs> like after people pointed that out otherwise i would have just been like i think i know this character but i don't so yeah all yeah. the rogue one characters getting their due awesome awesome so let's get into the recap the episode opens up in our good old clone bar 79s which which we we also do not see very often in the Clone Wars. I think we see it once. I vaguely remember seeing it again in uh at the very end. But other than that, I mean it's not a very it's not a very well depicted scene, but we see some two clones having a drink, they're talking about a mission, and one of them is saying that the Camino being destroyed was not because of a storm. Yeah, yeah. When they started talking about that, that's when you know things are about to go down, like some political uh strife especially with uh admiral rampart which i know we will get into more later uh some interesting detail about the clone who wants or the clone who knows about what's going on but he doesn't want to tell anyone whereas fred is like i want to go tell them right now or i already sent the Mm -hmm. message to admiral rampart anyways the guy who's like reluctant at first he says his clone number is i believe zero four zero nine and people went and looked at what episode that was of the Clone Wars uh, season 4 episode 9 
line and it's the one where the clones uh betray or not betray necessarily but they go under pong krell and do that mission Whoa. in space where they like you know do do their own thing basically and don't listen to orders so i guess that was a cool yeah. little nod to that and that's that's awesome i didn't think about that yeah yeah i don't know if that's true and they just picked a random number and it happened to line up with that but that'd be a cool detail if it was <laughs> but yeah yeah the, sure. i like the the bar getting to see it again i liked this opening i really liked that it set up suspense it definitely made me wonder like okay well i feel like if these chips worked the emperor would have thought to I, I don't know i feel like he would have thought to like not make the clones question anything like he would have made them more robotic because it was kind of interesting that these two were like okay maybe everything we've been doing is wrong and it's like i, th- I would have thought that this chip you know makes them destroy the jedi you think it would also make them not question authority but yeah. i don't know that was an interesting yeah good sh- good soldiers follow orders except apparently they don't because they yeah. <laughs> they're not robots so i like that and, yeah. uh, and then the, oh, oh. so the the two clones are the second clone is like no we're gonna talk outside we can't be talking about this in here they go outside and the first one is sniped down which i think all of us in the beginning were thinking oh it's crosshair he's doing something for rampar um i really like that they did not reveal who it was until the end of this episode but it draws that suspense and now we have the plot we're going to find out what's going to happen next with the clones scene transition we're in a senate meeting everyone's yelling about clones rights and this is where we set up the tension with chuchi and rampar i really i really it felt so surreal to be back in the senate room because it was hard for me to remember that this is post clone wars like things are falling rapidly yeah the kiner bros were talking about it on twitter and they said it was almost like a the place is you know looks normal on the outside uh like when chuchi mentions later um and that's that yeah that's like visually true it's like oh yeah it's still the same nothing has really changed except for it has like an infection like like with the empire so it has like darkness within it i think that was really cool and this is coming from the kiner bros of course who like to troll everyone every week with their (laughs) images and whatever on twitter We've transitioned to after the meeting and Rampart is talking with the Emperor's assistant. I cannot remember his name, but... Uh, I want to say it's Mas Amida. Uh, yes, but, uh, Mas yeah. Amida. So Rampart is in with the Emperor, which we're not surprised. We It was kind of revealed at the end of season one that he has some dealing with the higher ups. And so now we kind of know how far Rampart is high up dealing with. Um, I really like that tension. It kind of makes the audience think like, oh my gosh like we there's no it's all corrupt there's no one true good link exactly exactly and what happens to rampart by the end of this arc was no surprise to me because i'd been saying since the beginning that he was just a puppet like this guy ain't yeah. no grand moff tarkin or thrawn or anything so i'm glad that that was resolved in a way that feels satisfying because it could have been just oh he's just the villain for the rest of the entire series you know what i mean so yeah. i like the twist here yeah i really like as we move into Chuchi trying to figure out what's going on, it was very reminiscent of Five's story arc where, you know, Five is on the run. He's trying to exploit what's going on. He's trying to reveal the truth, but he's just so scared. He's constantly hiding. Um, except the only difference is this clone has a way out. Five's did not. He was truly on his own. And Chuchi, he didn't have a senator looking after him or, you know, Rex to come and pick him up. So I really kind of like the story parallel on this one. Yeah, this is 
is um what was i gonna say this entire like uh episode also reminded me a little bit of the ones with satine on the run in coruscant oh yeah i was just remembering that when whenever you mentioned the crosshair sniping earlier and i was like wait a minute where have i seen this before because coruscant brings back so many memories now from watching clone wars but yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's another uh parallel-esque thing uh with with the clones obviously yeah yeah and then we get into rampart having a conversation with the sniper which they they really teased us so well with this you know the the sniper comes in wearing weird armors doing the the traditional crosshair crossed armed pose so you're just thinking in your head like yeah it's crosshair he's finally back out doing doing secret missions and being a spy fall kind of falling into my predictions for his character but then as we discover later he is not the sniper and it is just a random clone i really like the twist here because i immediately was questioning i was like oh they want you to know it's not crosshair because of how many shots he missed whenever he was trying yeah. to kill the second clone i'm like yeah crosshair wouldn't miss and then the other reason i was like hmm uh on twitter once again the kiner brothers were like yeah they talked about the whole thing and they were like whenever we wanted people to think it was a bounty hunter and i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa. you guys wanted it to be a people to assume it was a bounty hunter like i guess yeah. what they meant was once people got over the hump of okay it's not crosshair the next logical thing would be like oh a bounty hunter and i'm like i don't know i never thought that but i also didn't think it would be what it was but yeah uh i liked all this fake out stuff with oh it might be crosshair because i was thinking the exact same thing i was like wait a minute i started questioning it i definitely was having a a hard time when you know that clone was chasing chuchi in the smoke-filled area i was like no this cannot be when she gets killed i will scream so i really liked that we got a special appearance from rex which the second the clone was saying i'm waiting for someone to pick me up yep i I knew rex he seems to be on a clone rescuing story arc now so i love that he got to make a little appearance um yeah and this pretty much goes into the ending of the episode where you know the clone kills himself and now they realize okay this is much bigger than we think like our suspicion about rampart stage or trying to stage camino's destruction on a storm is true and that's where the credits begin and we move into the second set of episodes in this story arc truth and consequences before we move on did you remember the the method the clone used to kill himself the fact that we'd seen it before because i didn't and then people pointed out and i was like oh me stupid oh we saw it before yeah yeah i'm I'm gonna have to like pull the exact episode and everything so episode three of mandalorian season two at the end whenever the mandos take over that imperial ship when it's uh bo katan and uh mando uh there's a guy and he's like long live the empire and he bites down on his teeth and zaps himself oh yeah i completely forgot about that that. yeah so it this is the like i don't know what time but it'll be the first time in animation that we see this used and that it obviously is an imperial gadget that they've had for a while so i thought that was pretty interesting yeah absolutely i I hadn't thought about that i wonder if it's something we're gonna see more often because you know where we really are in the time of spy like spies and corruption and i i wouldn't be surprised if we see it more often watch it be an andor season two probably not (laughs) but that wouldn't surprise me i wouldn't be surprised I'm, I'm not ruling it out. All right. So the we're back with the batch in truth and consequences. Echo is being 
contemplative. Anytime an episode opens with like one character being a little weird or being a little different, I'm like, okay, this this story is going to be about them. Um, but Echo and Omega are talking and they're talking about the past, if I remember correctly. And we just having this little bonding moment between Omega and Echo, which is really nice because Echo is always kind of like the, the strict dad figure with Hunter. Yeah, he was always like left to the side. So I thought it was nice to have a little scene where he basically says to Omega, yeah, I feel like I'm left to the side. Like, you know what I mean? It was like pretty rewarding to have a scene of him actually talking about how he feels and relating that to kind of the meta of the show of him not being like a main, main guy. And he starts to see that. So I really like that. I think it also just shows that um, the creators understand that they really haven't done much with Echo. Like since he was brought on to the Bad Batch, like he had his story arc of when he's rescued. And then, I mean, he doesn't really serve much other purpose other than that like he helps that he acts as their walking droid and that's really about it like he doesn't have a ton of development so i'm i'm glad that this episode is giving him his due diligence even if it means that this is the last time we see him for hopefully not too long yeah yeah i really liked that they established him in the episode right after this that he uh him leaving wasn't like uh, well sorry that him leaving was kind of like a decision that they were going to take seriously because he doesn't immediately mm-hmm. come to their rescue or anything. So I-, I hope that he does eventually come back, but it's in a tasteful way. So we'll see, I guess. But Yeah, because Echo's not part of Rebels when uh, when he's with Rex, Gregor, and Wolf. He's not there. So it's like, he- hopefully he either went back with the Bad Batch or hopefully he didn't die. I-, I-, I hope we get to figure out what happens to Echo other than, oh yeah, he's leaving to go help a better cause. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like one of those things where now that you mentioned and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> when the character suddenly gets written off. <laughs> yeah, like, hmm. The question then is, how many clones did Rex rescue and where do they all go? Because yeah, we know like, that what in... What do they do next? Yeah, exactly. Because we know that in Kenobi, we see that one random clone just on uh, that one planet. And I was like, okay, I think it was Dayu. Yeah, yeah, Dayu. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like, obviously, that's not one that was rescued. That's one that was left behind. So it's like, clearly, they still live amongst the people it's not like they're being hunted down by the empire or anything so or at least yeah as far as we know by the end of this series they may be but yeah it seems like the clones can sort of live normal-esque lives as long as they stay under the radar so who knows yeah hopefully we get more clarity as to what happens to the other clones i mean like we were saying this season is not as plot driven as season one so maybe later this season will just be a transition of what the clones do but we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, the episode transitioned into Rex having the Bad Batch come to Coruscant, which of course Hunter is like, uh, "Dude, it's Coruscant. Why would you? Why would you even think that?" Um, they give in and they go into what I believe is is that the Martez sisters' garage. Oh, a hundred percent. I was like, yeah. As soon as as Rex said, "Oh, I need to go to this special place," uh, or this to people I know own a like my friends of mine. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure they didn't show them on purpose that's why they were like out of town or whatever i was like oh yeah, yeah they did not want
want people to complain about this. That's exactly why they didn't show them, but they were like, oh yeah, this is a place that some people may recognize, but if you don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think also people would have had an uproar because they were very well or very widely not well received. So I think they, when they showed up in season one of Bad Batch, it was kind of like, oh my God, of course. But I, I think they were a little better in season one than they would have been if they were the ones to show up here. Exactly. Yeah, their little cutesy episode in season one wasn't too offensive at all. So it was like, all right. And then they were gone. So who cares? And now, now we don't get them at all, which is yes. <laughs> so this episode felt so long to me because we have the batch going in having to steal uh, the memory files from Rampart's ship. We also have Omega learning about how the government works. And on the side, we have Masameda and the Emperor trolling Rampart like, you better get this right. Like you are future depends on it and i i it, it sets up with a with an open ending where we wonder what happens next but yeah let's start with omega and government i don't think she'd ever really seen the diplomatic side of camino it wasn't really something she was involved in she was kind of kept hidden yeah yeah i was actually th this is what i was referring to earlier when i was talking about senator chuchi telling someone about blah blah, blah. of course i was talking about her and omega um walking through the senate building and stuff but yeah i thought it was really interesting how she I, I keep forgetting that she's lived her entire life on Camino and not on the Marauder so I'm yeah. like when she was saying yeah Camino's my home blah 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 and I was like oh yeah duh of course she'd feel like offended about the fact that they have no one to represent them in the mm -hmm. Senate and obviously Senator Chuchi wants to do that but then you remember the senator from Camino uh I forgot her name but I just Me watched too. the episodes in Clone Wars where she's present and it's obvious that she was trying to further the Kim and Noah agenda like the entire time like at first oh, they yeah. make it like oh war profiteering the Kaminoans need the war to go on as long as possible because they need the money and in this it's like well now they need the clone program to stay with the empire because they're trying to move away from it that's their new like agenda but what was interesting about the whole situation is that you had that story arc and then eventually the new story arc later was that the Kaminoans were obviously in on the conspiracy to have the clones do order 66 or whatever yeah. So I thought it found it interesting that this uh, senator was still very much like separate from all that, as far as we know. Yeah, that like, was interesting. She's all like, oh, yeah, you guys are uh, silly and blah, blah, blah. And I, I <laughs> need to testify, yada, yada. So, yeah, I thought it was I, cool I will to say I'm surprised back. she didn't face like more scrutiny because like her whole main city is gone. I, I don't yeah. know. I guess it's just it's interesting that she's still there. You think she would have gone back to Camino to look for herself? unless she was told hey don't look into this this isn't something you should be concerned with another thing we learned which surprised even me uh or not not sorry not surprised even me it just surprised me completely because i was like wait a minute i didn't even think of that is the fact that they massacred all the kaminoans in topoka city yeah. which is like oh wow okay i didn't even think about that they just basically almost wiped out an entire species it's like she was saying they're scattered yeah. all over the galaxy but on camino on their home they're gone I was like, wow, that is pretty messed up. Like, that did not even occur to me. Except for Nala Say. Oh, yeah. Because she was didn't... kidnapped. Yeah, she was kidnapped. But uh, who is it that Tan Wee is the one who dies, right? Yes. Yeah, she's the one who died. Okay, I do remember that. You're right. Oh, there's so much lore. Yeah, I Camino, know. 
Dana so is we, scary. Because we still have to figure out, is she going to like continue a cloning process? Or I, I don't know if we're ever going to get that answer like right away. But I, toward the end of season one, I mean, we discover that uh, Nala Se had been kidnapped and was being held hostage to work on some project. So I don't know what it could be, but I guess we'll find out soon. But I another thing that surprised me is I forgot that Rampart and the Kamino and Senator have never seen Omega because I was like, is it really a good idea for her to be walking around like this? But then I remember people technically don't know Omega exists. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why um, I was surprised they were walking around. I'm surprised Admiral Rampart didn't recognize her at all whenever they walked past right, each other. I guess like he's never seen her before. Exactly. Like he he's only like familiar with the Batchers themselves, right? Like as far as I know. Yeah, she was also, I don't like, think he has seen her. I know Tarkin has seen Omega, but not Rampart. Yeah, like I know he could probably like not completely recognize her because she's wearing a hood and she's not wearing any like clone guard or like she also had her hair tied back for most of the first mm-hmm. season with the like charm thing so yeah. it's like oh yeah she does look slightly different she can get away with it but yeah, yeah th- that, that's true I, she's someone that people will not think twice about at all because i mean a female clone impossible <laughs> like no one's gonna think about that they don't have any like idea but still like she technically has their face oh i don't know i guess i guess yeah exactly that's the thing it's like that's the thing that throws you off right she has like the Django face but then like her hair is completely different and it's like a baby Django face that's like slightly different (laughs) than for example Boba who has a very defined like like Daniel Logan face you know what I mean like (laughs) I I guess the hair really is what gives you know makes it different like Boba had very dark hair Omega has very very bright hair that's true that is Uh, true but yeah so while they're talking to the Kamino and Senator the Batch and Rex are doing another mission together um they're they're sneaking through a through a yard they're trying to get onto rampart's ship and i really i it was just a, another action scene where they're trying to get the logs but they were able to obtain proof that camino Cam- was not destroyed by storms and they get that to the senator and we have the big reveal that rampart was behind the kaminoan facilities being destroyed i am so glad like i said earlier that this is how his story comes to a close in a political setting and showing that he's just a small cog in the machine for the empire he never was gonna grow to be this big guy like he probably thought he would and mm-hmm. it, i think that's a great thing for the show to have this not so central antagonist because it would have been a little bit cheesy to just have admiral rampart be the one guy who's like i hate clones instead of it be a more mm-hmm. like thing so that makes me think that they picked him as an idealist who was already like beefing with clones in general and then being like oh we're just gonna put him here in this position where he can do things we want him to do uh, because we also want to get rid of the clones. So I'm pretty sure that's why he, he was where he was, but then now he's not. Yeah, I to me, I kind of felt like it was all a show. Like, I feel like, you know, the Emperor is definitely mad at him for, you know, getting caught and having all of this be revealed. But to be honest, I think that's just going to set up for Rampart to come back and lead some other other secret squad and further put hate toward the clones. Like, I, I feel like he's not, I don't know. I, I feel like he his you story's not right. done yet. I you think he's going right. to get away with it. Yeah, now that you say this, you're you're probably absolutely right. And that's going to make me kind of sad because I was like, Rampart <laughs> is a, a villain that exists.
exists. That's why I was like hoping maybe, maybe he could become something more. And then when he got trolled at the Senate, I was like, oh, okay, this is a little bit more interesting. But now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh, wait, you're probably 100% right. So here we are. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Here we are. Rampart is getting arrested, but we have an- another wonderful cameo with someone who we have not seen since the very beginning of this show, Emperor Palpatine. And he completely does, he completely throws us for a loop. This me- moment was a, oh crap moment for me because while yes, they got Rampart arrested, now they have a case that's even worse against the clones when Palpatine is saying these clones blindly followed orders. They didn't question authority. I, it, I feel like it was a, hey, you should have thought about this part too. Yep. The dude is a master manipulator and he's been doing it oh, for yeah. so long. Like people were arguing on Twitter about whether or not he had all of this planned way ahead of time. Like the batch was like, oh, he played us like like so hard and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I think uh, and this is the other side of the argument that people were having. And I think it's that he's so good at adapting to his situation. Like what happened with Fives. Whenever Fives yeah. is like, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, he's, he's trying to attack us. And you know yeah. that Fives is like, no, they're lying. Like this is all true and whatever. So it's the same exact situation as that. He's so good at it. And his speeches go hard for being such a bad person like he explains them so well yeah like ian mcdermott did such a good job and like it was cool to hear his voice again too i was like oh Mm -hmm. my god like there's a reason why whenever ian mcdermott returned for rise of skywalker they redubbed all of uh, the emperor's lines and rebels because don't get me wrong like i love sam witwer as the emperor i think he does an amazing job impersonating and everything but when you get the original guy i mean he goes hard like yeah it feels a great like epic moment for the empire although i do think when we were talking earlier about returning the senate and stuff there is this slight air of like this isn't as exciting as for example the the this is how liberty dies scene in yeah. revenge of the sith because there's not that many senators left but i guess that's the point that it's making so but still still pretty epic yeah see Palpat- emperor palpatine showing up like in the middle i i know he had that speech you know saying like you know i've been left scarred and this is how i'm gonna be but like we're senators not concerned that he suddenly is like hiding himself and i i don't know he's he's such a shady person that like was no one questioning any of i i don't know i there's so much about emperor palpatine taking power that it's like so everyone's just okay with this like our yeah slash chancellor reveals that he was corrupt and that he was actually trying to turn us into something new and we're just okay with it yeah like exactly oh you're like oh he's not showing up to these meetings at all he's been hidden and then that got me thinking what about all the times where he leaves in the clone wars to go do sith lord stuff like what excuse does he use for this office he's like oh i'm going on leave like leave where yeah. like can they track obviously he turns off his ships like trackers and stuff but yeah and who's to be more secretive but like still the fact that he's constantly like out and they're like what's going on they should have been questioning him from the start because of all his like dealings under the table that no one knew about which of course is his yeah. entire point so really interesting that now that he's in 
power. They're just like, whatever. And this just goes back to something that I've always been curious about. But like Padme worked the closest with the Chancellor. And if Padme was so smart, like wouldn't she have suspected anything? Like I feel like she goes through Star Wars just like, oh, the Chancellor couldn't have done it. Nothing's ever wrong with him. Despite the fact that she catches him doing some shady stuff sometimes and she just kind of dismisses it. You're right. I think the way in the Clone Wars he excuses it every single time like he's always excusing it is oh um Padme I respect you so much like blah mm-hmm. blah blah like I'm so worried about you all the time even though I'm trying to assassinate you like constantly um so he's kind of like being the the like oh I'm too nice to you for it to be bad like type deal yeah but you're right it is kind of questionable where she just, just kind of shrugs it off she's like hmm interesting uh and then obviously the thunderous applause she's the one who says that line and I think in that moment she realized her mistake that's um, true but you're right yeah she goes to the clone wars as being like whatever she even questions anakin's relationship to him sometimes so right and i really wish that i really wish that they kept that as a conflicting point we're getting off track but i wish they kept that as a conflicting point between padme and anakin i think that would have set up even better tension between the two um but i'm getting ahead of myself and that's a conversation for another time um so rampart gets as very wonderfully escorted out of his pod and out of the meeting room and we switch back to our final scene which is the batch getting ready to leave and rex comes up and says hey my proposal still stands and echo decides that it is time he goes back with rex and i was really surprised that that echo said yes i was yeah i was also caught off guard like it felt as if echo was not like didn't really have enough of a story in these episodes for there to be like any sort of movement with him so when all the sudden he's like oh by the way so that one scene earlier where where me and you were talking omega that was so you'd feel sad when i'm about to leave so bye-bye i was like what yeah like you know what i mean so yeah i I was like oh i guess this is just how it is huh but i guess it would have been nice if there was like an additional scene where rex and echo were like joking about good times and times when they were out on the field thing times with fives like i guess i would have liked if there was a little short nostalgia callback to when echo was an arc trooper and then maybe about how rex is saying like our brothers are going through so much man like we we need to help them best we can and get echo's wheels churning like it was missing a little part of echo wanting to leave for a while or just wanting to leave to go to a better purpose like we we needed that little mind churn from rex and echo side that we didn't get yeah you're absolutely right that's that's kind of what it was like oh he's just gone like even on their mission they did on uh the ship he was like like you said earlier who's basically just the droid guy i mean he didn't really do much mm-hmm. or like talk to rex or do anything at all so yeah yeah so i thought echo leaving would have felt much better if that that were the case but it was not and i i my worry is that this is you know that that mysterious opportunity that came out of nowhere that happens in tv shows and we just don't see echo for a long time like i could even see it to where we don't see him till season three yeah that would be kind of sad but i can totally see that we still haven't seen cody again so or crosshair Crosshair. he has been this whole show has really been like season two is not for crosshair he gets one episode yep And, and the thing is i was thinking about the fact that last well we were supposed to record this week's episode so now that i'm remembering 
the the episodes these two um something i was going to mention last week before the third episode had come out um the crossing uh i, I thought that was going to be a crosshair episode based on Me the too, name i thought the cross. formula was going to go two episodes that are important with the batch and then a crosshair mm-hmm. episode and then filler but nope it had nothing to do with crosshair not that that's a bad thing or anything it was just a surprise so it's also just a little strange but we do get mention of crosshair in the crossing which is the most recent episode we are yes. now back on our regular recording yes. schedule um the batch is back to doing their normal thing just without echo they're taking missions they're get, taking names they're going and doing stuff for sid um i i definitely could tell this was going to be a filler episode but i like that this one definitely had character development and we're now seeing the batch having to adjust of like oh crap like we're really down some numbers yeah i really like that omega was taking the whole echo thing so hard in a way that felt natural in fact that was something that surprised me about this episode and the best word i can use to describe it is genuine like the whole time Mm -hmm. every character has like genuine feeling and obviously the focus is on tech and i think this works better as the tech episode than the racing one did and that's why i'm like surprised like the two fillery well even three fillery episodes really um really stick out as like not too compelling once you have episodes like these that are like oh wow this is a really like nicely put episode about tech it reminded me more of what yeah. rebels was because we we had compared this series to rebels last podcast and uh i think this is closer because it's like the filler episodes in rebels still felt like they were they still something. drove the plot in some exactly. way exactly so I, th- I like that this is so focused on tech as a person instead of tech as like a skill like oh yeah mm-hmm. i can race but now it's like no i i process things differently I have human than other feelings people. yes exactly i really like that and um the the lion king scene that was only funny to me because of the kiner bros trolling everyone on twitter and they had a <laughs> they had photoshopped simba carrying a like tnt and, <laughs> and saying wrecker and so yeah that was funny um but but yeah i really liked how simple this idea was and them getting stranded like like i always never that's something you don't think about but it's like people can just walk onto your ship like pretty easily that's in what Star i'm Wars. saying like there's no keys there's no lock mechanisms like how what kept people from just stealing the government ships all the time i like, know right uh i i if anything i think it kind of played into how the batch is just feeling really unstable that's what that's the word that i got to describe this entire episode is unstable <clears throat> you know omega's moody they don't have echo anymore and it was a very abrupt goodbye with echo the batch is now one man da- two men down technically if you take in crosshair but it's now just hunter wrecker and tech they're very gradually missing skill that omega can't fulfill and they're just thrown off they're not really working together they're all kind of arguing like tensions are pretty high yeah yeah that, that was um yeah <laughs> that goes into what, <laughs> what i was saying about the whole genuine nature of the situation um and it does make me wonder now because as we've been talking i wonder if they're gonna try and reach out to maybe that'd be a spoiler if it comes true but no um like someone like crosshair or rex because right now they they contact sid obviously and mm-hmm. i'm like oh well what about the other like people they know because obviously they said rec or echo is out of service so clearly he's doing something mm-hmm. with rex so i don't know if i mentioned rex earlier but that may have been a mistake yeah they can't <laughs> contact okay. rex echo crosshair like they don't know how to contact him mm-hmm. uh necessarily but i don't know i'm like trying to think that maybe someone will come in to help the someone next maybe. episode unless they can find a way off themselves 
or find their ship or whatever it takes, you know? I think they're going to figure it out themselves. Yeah, Because so. when you think about it, the only other person they know that we know is Cut, but we also don't know where Cut and his family went to. No. They're hiding. They have no intention of making themselves known. I would love if they came back, but I don't think they're going to be the ones to rescue the batch. But I think the next episode is going to be about, okay, we really need to work together. We've been really off from each other. Our yeah. vibe is not synchronized. We need to we need to get back on track. Um, so that's what I think is going to happen, especially now that Tech and Omega had this bonding because Tech has always kind of been the teacher like Echo. Tech and Echo always had similar roles in Omega's family in my mind. Um, it's always like, I'm just going to educate you. I'm just going to teach you no more than that. But I really like that Omega brought up the point of like, how are we not somewhat sad that we just lost our brother? Like he's just not here. Like I feel like that's always my frustration with the Clone Wars and the animated series not having emotion is it's like, oh yeah, this person's gone. Okay, we move on. <laughs> that's true. It, it wasn't until the later seasons where things got a little bit more like dark and like they have all those yeah. uh, funeral like yeah, funeral scenes and stuff. Uh, you're right. Because like when Fives gets killed off, it's like a big deal and they're like, oh, because it's a brother on brother situation too. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right that there isn't that much of that in the Clone Wars. So getting it here and it's not even that he's, you know, dead or anything. It's just that he left them. Um, that, yeah. that was really nice. Uh, something I wanted to mention was Tech jumping into the abyss, basically, like to this void of nothing. Like literally, he has no idea what's down there just to yeah. save Omega off of pure chance. That That is enough to show you that he does care. Like before oh, he even yeah. tells Omega, like that was the moment where it's like, oh yeah, he's the only one here. He can't call for backup or anything. He just does the first thing, first instinct and just jumps after her. I thought that was really, really smart uh, for the writing. And he didn't like, like condemn her or anything, right? No. Like he wasn't like, you shouldn't wander off and play. He wasn't like Hunter who would have totally been a father hen. He was just like, I'm glad we're okay. And now it's we have this awkward scene where Tech is like, ah, yes, feelings. I have to remember what these are. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were happy about that. that they were showing that he's neurodivergent. Or mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, when I, when we were talking about the first season, when we first started talking about it and we talked about the themes of the show i honestly not gonna lie to you i thought that was what they were gonna do for like a majority of the show was show that the bad batch were like all of them pretty much uh divergent in some way and showing that Mm -hmm. um they could come together and and celebrate each other's like uh differences as clones compared to all their brothers and so i was surprised that that's not what the show was but then in this season with tech this episode kind of fulfills that anyway so i was like oh I mean, yeah, we sort of got that. But that was something I never really wanted to expressly say out loud just in case it didn't come true or if it was like mm-hmm. too different than what the show was. So I'm glad that we did get a episode about something like this. And I do like that Tech also mentioned Crosshair and mentioned that like, yes, it kind of shows that he he's just had to disassociate because he's like Crosshair chose his own path. And I, I kind of wish that he looked at it as like Crosshair betraying us. I don't know. I, I kind of I like how he's trying to say that crosshair chose his own path but there's still clearly like oh yeah you know I my brothers are gone I I wish they could have dove dived into that a little further but I I like that we finally got that recognition of like crosshair chose his own path like that is that is how it is um but I it definitely helped you know like you were 
saying, go into that, you know, the, the clones are not really meant to have feelings. They're not really meant to miss their brothers. And hopefully that's something we explore more of in the next few episodes. And something tells me we will. I'm glad that, that we're getting this kind of storyline for something that should have been a generic filler whatever. But mm -hmm. I do like that they're going in this direction of like survival mode. And going back to the crosshair point, I think it's funny that even in emotional situations, tech is constantly thinking about things analytically and more like structurally instead of emotionally regardless of the fact that he tells Omega that he feels emotions differently I really like that yeah for sure and now this was probably this was probably the last like plot driven episode for a while because the next two episodes are one word next week's episode is called retrieval the week after is called metamorphosis and then the week after on March 8th is the outpost followed by some other fillery so I think that's gonna be I think we're just gonna have some missions of just hoping to get off for a while but I I really thought that this was a great setup for the next mission for the batch of okay now we are truly stranded and we need to find a way off um I like that they try to contact Sid and Sid is like yeah you know this is kind of your fault I can't really help you and I I just like the setup of hopelessness where the batch is like how the heck are we gonna get out of this one yeah exactly because they're so used to doing everything it's like it's like what tech tells Omega and then she repeats back to them about we always um find a way like we always uh, manage to get out of these kinds of situations but this time it's like mm -hmm. looking pretty desperate so who knows the fact that the next episode's called retrieval feels like a spoiler it's like not yeah a spoiler but it feels like one where it's like oh yeah we're we're just gonna leave or get retrieved yeah or whatever but i'm not surprised that there are a bunch of one word episodes coming up so we yeah here. we had two two slash three very fantastic plot driving episodes character developing episodes so i guess unfortunately we come that time for a break but with that we'll see what those episodes reveal because we do have some open holes to fill and with that thank you guys for listening to another episode of this is the waycast for more star wars content head over to boardwalktimes.net and follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at boardwalk times This is The Waycast is a Boardwalk Times production produced and edited by me and Giovanni Delgadillo and music by Kevin McLeod. We did it. Oh, we did. And just in time.